In today's episode, we're going to talk about leadership and how a certain type of leadership is what will get you long-term results. Stay tuned. So here's the million dollar question. How are people like us who don't settle for the status quo, who value freedom and a life without limits? How do we create extraordinary results in the key areas of life, yet skip the fear, stress, and anxiety that produces regret? This is the question and this podcast will give you the answer. I'm your host, Tom Herman, and welcome to the Attractively Different Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Attractively Different Podcast. This is Tom Herman and I hope you're doing well. And I hope that whatever you're doing, that you are intentionally creating and leaning into the purpose that God has created you for in this life, that you're seeking clarity, that you're taking responsibility for the gifts that he has given you, and you're actually pursuing and going creating something that he has put on your heart, following those desires that he has given you to make the world a better place. And today I want to talk about leadership and why leadership is so important when it comes to pursuing your assignment that God has for you, but also the type of leadership that the world things that they have to have or like this idea that we need to be in control. And this idea recently came up through, and um, this was recorded in December, 2021. And recently the Jacksonville Jaguars have fired their head coach this year, Urban Meyer. And there were things that came out during this season that really highlighted to me this idea of poor leadership and why he has gotten great results. For example, he's won multiple college national championships. He didn't get great results in the pros because he was you know, only coached for 12 or 14 games. But it, it's someone who's proven that he can successfully win. And yet when it came to leadership, and I don't know if these allegations are true, right? when it came to leadership, there were some things that were revealing to me that he only knows how to get a result in a certain way, and it's not leading with what I would call moral authority. So for example, some of the stories that came out is, Sure, the Jacksonville Jaguars don't have, they had won two games this year. And in a meeting, he was challenging his coaches on to like prove to him when they had ever won, when they were a winner. He said that he was a winner and it, he was challenging them to prove and kind of back their resume to prove that they were winners, right? And when I was reading this article, it was fascinating to me because this, he's playing victim, right? He's not taking responsibility for the team. He's not taking responsibility. He's blaming it on his coaches. Even if he's not saying it's your fault, he's by him demanding that they prove that they're winners. That was victim mentality, right? He's the victim of circumstances. He doesn't want to take responsibility for the record, right? Because he's quote unquote a winner and there's something that must be wrong. Once again, I don't know if these allegations are true. These are just headlines in the news. And another example of a headline that came out is he a couple months ago he said some negative things to his kicker while they were warming up and he was um the, his kicker was stretching kind of in a lunging position and i guess urban meyer kicked him in the leg and he told him to make his kicks and said some derogatory things to him and there's this as i read these read these articles and read these you know allegations whatever that may be right ultimately it shows someone who his leadership was was based on what I would call positional authority, right? When you're when you're in a higher position, when you when someone has given you a title, you're in position to tell them what to do, and your influence is only there because of your position or because of your title. Which 
if the, your influence is there only because of your title or only because of your position, are you truly a leader? Because the reality is that people are only following a leader like that because they have to, or because they want to keep their job or because they don't want to get hurt. Like all these different things, right? When a dictator is in, a, when they have authority and they're leading in such a way, people are going to bend to their, bend to their requests because they, they even want to feel safe, right? They don't want to lose something, but it's all fear-based. And in a sense that that's, that's not leadership, right? Because in order to be a leader, I mean, simply stated, you need to have someone following you. And the reality is when people lead in this way, when they lead with their position, when they lead with the power, when they lead with the title, then when that all goes away, people won't follow them. They lose their influence with their title, right? People aren't following them because of the qualities that they possess, because of how they challenge their, their followers to grow and be better, right? So we've got what I would call positional authority, like the power just because of the position and the title. And then you've got leaders who lead with what I would call moral authority. They lead with how they live their life. They lead with their character traits of living a good life. And it's someone that has influence in people's lives simply because the way this person lives their life, it's like they're challenging them to be the best version of themselves, right? And there's a difference between someone who leads in those ways. I'm going to talk about some of those traits here in just a little bit, but I want to share with you a story that I had personally from a manager. When I was working at Fidelity Investments, I was working with a manager and was reporting to them and they led with this positional authority. Like they, it was, it was kind of frustrating where it's like, you'll do it my way. And it was very, my way or the highway type of thing. And I remember leaving a meeting with the manager thinking, you know, I'll do what she tells me to do right now. But when I'm not on her team anymore, she's not going to have any influence in my life. Now, whether that was a good thought to hold or not, you know, there's probably saying something about me too, right? Like I don't need to hold this grudge or I don't need to have these negative things. It's like, sure. Is there some way that this person can influence me? Absolutely. But the point that I'm making is that the way they were leading their team and they were getting good results, but it was through this like force, right? It was through like fear tactics. It was through, you will do it my way. And sure, it got results. But once again, there wasn't leadership there. Like if I needed help in life in other areas, right? I'm not going to go to this person. There wasn't really authority. They didn't really have influence in my life beyond what their job description said. And this was before I got into leadership, but I've always been drawn to leadership. I've always been drawn to understanding how leadership works. Why do people follow who they follow? Why do they, what causes people to take action? What causes people to do what they want to do? And I was, you know, in a sense, kind of taking notes on what type of leader that I wanted to be and what type of person that I wanted to be. That when you get into a leadership position, when you get into a leadership role, that my focus wanted to be more on influence, wanted to be more on the moral authority. How do I live a life? How do I present myself? What's the messaging? What's the what's the character traits that I want to carry that people want to be involved with that? People want to follow that because it it goes beyond the scope that they're trying to get done at the project or with work, right? It's it's like it calls them to a higher version, a higher level of who they are, and it pulls them forward to be the best version of themselves. And one of the 
one of the clearest ways that I've been able to apply this in my life, it came from a book called It's Your Ship that I read maybe five or six years ago. And the, the point of the book, it's a leadership book. It was this, this admiral who took the worst performing ship in the Navy to be the best performing ship in the Navy. And the way he did it was the opposite of this positional authority, right? Where you think about it in the military, it's like, you will do what I say, you do this. But no, he like made sure that he heard what his, what his team needed and what they wanted. And I remember there's a certain part of the book that always stuck with me and it was very simple to apply. And it's, I've, I've remembered what he said, but he said, whenever I'm not getting a result that I want to get, I ask myself three questions. I ask myself, did I clearly set the expectation? Then I ask myself, did I give them enough resources or did I give them enough education? Did I equip them with what they needed to succeed? And then the third question was, did I give them enough time to change and get the results? Right. So when, when he was looking at his results as a ship in the Navy and he didn't like the results, he would always ask himself, did I clearly set the expectation? Did I give them, did I equip them with enough resources, training? Did I give them enough time to make it happen? And he said, if the answer to any of those three questions was no, he, he said it was on me. It was my fault. There was something that I needed to do to make this better. There's something I need to do. I need to either equip them with more training. I need to equip them with more resources. I need to give them more time, right? If, if you need to get something done and the goal should take two months, three months to get done, right? And you're complaining that it hasn't changed in three weeks or four weeks, right? Like that's not enough time. And when I'm sure if people, if you've played sports or even just had a boss at work, right? The boss comes with, or the leader, the coach may come with unrealistic expectations and then they get all over your case when it's not done. And if you're anything like me, it's like, it just, you move into a state of mind where it's like, okay, I'll, this is crazy. I'll, I'll do what you want me to do now while you're, I'm under your authority. But once I'm not like, you're, you're losing all influence in my life, right? So I've used this a lot in parenting, right? Cause it's, it's easy for me to like get in this place of why are my kids doing this? Oh, this is frustrating. And I've, I've asked myself multiple times, especially when it comes to disciplining them and correcting them. I've asked myself, did I clearly set the expectation? Did I give them enough training, enough resources to succeed? And three, did I give them enough time to change? And there have been multiple times, especially in parenting, where our kids have been either acting up or doing something they shouldn't be doing. And I don't know how many times I've thought, okay, did I clearly set the expectation, right? Like I'm wanting to discipline them and correct their behavior. And then when I run through these three questions in my head, it's like, no, I didn't. I didn't set the expectation or maybe I clearly set the expectation, but they don't know how to execute it. They don't know how to do that. Like, do I need training to show them how to do that? Right. If I want my boys to make their bed every day before they come out, I can clearly set that expectation. But by just assuming that they know how to do it without giving them any training, right? Like it still may never get, get done, right? There may be some training that has to take place 
in order for me to get the result that I want to get, right? Like I was recently talking to a friend and they were talking about how it takes a while to get their kids out of the house for school. And sometimes it causes them to be late to their job. It causes them to be late to school. Like there's this ripple effect. And it's like, they're frustrated where it's like, they tell their kids like, you should know this by now, right? And we naturally think that we naturally assume just because we've said it so many times that someone understands, but it's like, have they ever really trained? Have they, have they ever taken the time? Say after dinner, we're going to, for 20 minutes, we're going to practice getting in the car, getting ready for school, right? That alone, I would think that for kids just to be intentional and be like, oh, we actually have to train on this. Like it would want, in my perspective, it would want them to execute on actually getting ready for school just so they don't feel like their time is wasted by teaching them and training them how to do something as simple as getting in the car or getting ready for school. But as a leader, when you've gone through this, right? When you clearly set the expectation, when you've trained it and you give them resources and see that they can execute on it, right? And then giving them enough time. Another thing that came up in the conversation is, it was like, they had a conversation the night before and said, we're going to, we're going to do this. And then they expected to do it the next day. And it's like, is one day, is it overnight long enough time to, for them to meet the expectation for them to get the results? Or like, if all you're doing is talking about it, is there potentially another reason why you're not getting the results that you want and it's not on your kids? And as they started asking some of these questions, started to see like in their mind, they were placing the blame all on their kids or on their, their spouse who wasn't being helpful, right? In their mind, it's like they were doing all these right things. And then when we kind of approached it through this different perspective of, well, can you answer these three questions? when it comes to your kids? Like if you're going to lead them in this way, can you answer them when it comes to this specific result? And the answer was no. It's like, okay, can you own that? Can you, can you walk this out with your kids and say, here's what's going to change. And then even having the conversation, right? Where it's easy for, it's easy for you to go in and say, okay, here's what's going to change. You're all excited about the things that are going to change and still not take responsibility for where we were potentially dropping the ball before. And we kind of talked about how, and I explained, I was like, if, if I'm playing sports, I grew up a lot playing sports. What's happening in your house is you're basically telling your kids to go win, right? Let's say we're playing the game of basketball. And if you're the head coach, you say, Hey, go win. I want you guys to go win. Every person on the team is going to do their best to win. Right when there's no strategy, when there's no tactic, when when all you do is tell your team to go win, they're going to do their best to go win and how they see the best possible way to win. Yet that's going to be five different perspectives. It's going to be five different ways in how to win. And so when you feel like you're following your coach's orders, right? You're trying to win and then you come back and you're not winning and they're just like, "What are you doing? Why aren't you winning?" Right? You you lose the influence as the coach, because your players are going to think, well, I have been trying to win. And now you're getting on my case for not doing my best to win. Whatever, like makes you want to quit. Right. So that's a kind of a silly example, but like, that's what's happening in our homes. That's what's happening in our businesses. That's what's happening when the leader, when the manager is just like, go win and go get this done. And then you go about, they give you no direction. They, 
they're not clearly setting the expectations. They're not clearly setting how to do this. They're not giving you the resources. They're not giving you the strategy. And then when you don't get it done, you're doing your best. And then when you don't get it done, they get frustrated and they accuse you of being either a bad person, a bad employee, being lazy, right? When the reality is, no, they need to take responsibility of, oh, I, I didn't give you the resources. I didn't give you the training. I didn't give you the strategy on how to get this done. That's on me. And so I was talking with my friend about this and I was like, what would it look like for you to go back to your kids and say, hey guys, we need to get, we're not, we haven't done a great job in getting out of the house and going to school on time. Yet, what I want to say is that's on me, right? When I look at it, I either haven't clearly set the, set the expectation or if we're not getting it done, right, maybe we need to do some training. Maybe we need to practice getting out of school on time. Maybe we need to set um, better systems in place to do this, right? When a coach comes to you or a leader comes to you and is like, hey, things need to change and I'm taking responsibility that we've gotten the results that we've gotten so far. And I'm, I'm sorry that I haven't delivered these things. I'm sorry that I haven't set better expectations. I'm sorry that I haven't given you more time. I'm sorry that I haven't given you the resources or equipped you with the training, right? When a leader or a coach or a teacher comes in humility and takes that responsibility of, hey, as your leader, I should have given you these things and I haven't. And one thing that I'm going to do going forward is make sure that all of these things are available to you. Make sure that you have the clearly set expectations. Make sure that you have the training, that you have the resources to get this done. Make sure that you have enough time to complete the task in order to get the result that we're going for. And as a leader, if you come in with that humility and you stick with it, as in if you do what you say you're going to do, then whenever you come in on the other side of it and start correcting, you know you've given them the clear expectations. You know you've given them the training and resources. You know that you've given them enough time. And it's a different conversation. Because if your child, if your employer or whoever knows that these things are in place and they're just unwilling to do it, then yeah, you can take, you can correct them in a way. You can potentially move them on from that position if they're an employee, right? Like find someone who will. But at that point, it's it's a result of them truly being either disobedient or not following what you've given them versus being unclear, doing their best, and just not having the resources to get it done, which creates resentment, right? So the best leaders who lead with moral authority over positional authority are going to provide those three things. They're going to provide clearly set expectations. They're going to provide the resources, the training to get the result that you've set as part of the clear expectations. And then the third thing is they're going to give enough time for that training to take effect. They're going to give enough time, right? And that changes regardless, that changes on whatever you're doing, right? Maybe enough time is four hours. Maybe enough time is four weeks, right? It's going to depend on what result or what goal you're going after. But when you can stick with those three things, you will become a leader that people want to follow because when those three things aren't present, you're the type of person who's going to come in humility and be like, hey, this is my this is my fault why I haven't provided these things. And going forward, I'm going to make sure that all of these things are there. I'm going to give you everything that you need to succeed and get these results. And then when, when you do that and the other person doesn't do it, then as a leader, you can correct that and you can move forward and start getting the results. But moral 
leaders and people who lead with moral authority are going to take the responsibility for having those three things in place, the clearly set expectations, the training and resources, and the time to get it done. People who lead with positional authority lead out of fear. And when those things aren't in place, when they do a poor job of leading, they place blame on the people underneath them, the people that they're leading, and they create a toxic environment that nobody wants to be a part of. And explosions happen, like we're seeing with the Jacksonville Jaguars right now, where either people are backstabbing or the coach isn't leading, right? Like it led to a poor outcome for everybody involved. And so I want to encourage you in that today, as there's there's always some type of leadership position that you are in, whether it be parenting, whether it be work, or whether you're just leading yourself, right? Which can be a whole different conversation. But think about how this applies to yourself. When you're just like, I need to do better. I need to do better. I need to do better. And yet you're not giving yourself the time. You're not giving yourself the training and the resources, and you're not clearly setting the goal, right? How can you even use this to lead yourself better? Right, which which feels weird because you're the, you're the follower and the leader, but thinking about leading, right? How can you lead yourself better? Because if you can't lead yourself, then you'll never be able to lead anybody else. And so I think these three questions can apply even to self leadership, and those who lead themselves well are the ones who create the most moral authority and create the most influence and the most impact in the lives of those around them. So hopefully you found this information valuable. Please. Rate the show, subscribe, and leave a review. The ratings and review help make the show better as well as help get more exposure to help more people. And remember, everything you do matters. God has a specific assignment for you. Go rule that assignment, serve his people, and be blessed. Hey everyone, it's Tom again. And I wanted to ask you a quick question. On a scale from one to 10, how confident are you that you know God's purpose for your life? I mean, there can be a lot of confusion around this topic. So I went ahead and created a life purpose roadmap to help you gain clarity on your purpose. You can download your free PDF life purpose roadmap at attractivelydifferent.com backslash purpose. It'll walk you through the seven simple steps to prospering in your purpose. Also for the next 40 days, I'll be sending you a daily email guide that will help you unlock the full power of the roadmap. These emails are designed to make it that much easier for you to implement the roadmap and succeed in your God-given assignment. It's free. Just go download the Life Purpose Roadmap PDF at attractivelydifferent.com backslash purpose.